anyway, if we do get disconnected for some odd reason or whatever, I've made other people the co-host and hosts and stuff, but um, if it goes down, just hop back on, um, try to figure it out, sorry. Um, that being said, let's choose a prayer real quick. What was that? Remind me what page we're on. Uh -huh. So if you're in my compilation, it's on page 118. Um, we're reading it from the April 2020 talk, Hear Him. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're in there, then it's it starts in verse 38. Um, let's see, I don't have all my notes and stuff, but uh, Alethea, would you give us an opening prayer? Surely. Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for the many blessings that bestowed upon us. We're grateful for one another and the opportunity that we have to come together and to study the words of President Nelson and all of the other prophets that we've studied throughout the last year plus. We're so thankful for our savior and for the atonement. We're thankful for the love that he gives to us and how he suckers us and pray that we can uh, find joy in, in um, all things and serving and in loving and in repenting and drawing near to thee. We pray father for uh, those in, in Ukraine and Russia and the surrounding area during the war that they will be blessed and comforted that they will find peace and safety. Uh, please help us to know how we can minister to others and to serve thee. Help us to know how we can prepare for the second coming and how we can, um, how and what we need to do to be a part of Zion and to help build Zion that we will be prepared to meet thee. And um, we say these things in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, let's see, so uh, mother, if you can like keep up on chat or whatever, since I can't really see it in this view very easy, um, if I miss stuff, but anyway, yeah, let's dive in to Restoration Proclamation. Again, if anybody just joined, we're on page 118. If it's in my compilation, uh, it starts in verse 38. Uh, it's from the Hear Him Talk in April 2020. Um, but you can look on the church website or, or wherever to, to find it. Uh, so I'll try to do a good job of, of telling people what paragraph we're in, um, along with the, the verse numbers here. And uh, Anyway, every verse is a paragraph. Um. So yeah, one thing that, that stood out to me was all of these, these we's, right? Um, it kind of reminded me of like Articles of Faith, we believe, but here we have nine different um, we's and, and they're very different. So uh, there in, in verse 38, the first paragraph, we solemnly proclaim. A couple paragraphs later, uh, we declare, we affirm, we witness, we declare, um, invite, affirm, testify, we have nine different we's. And I find those very interesting because um, there's, they're all kind of in the same category except for the we witness. The witness, like if, if you're a witness of something, it's not just a, a passive testimony. It's not just a, a proclamation of, of sorts. Um, you know, it, it, witness testimony is is huge because you you've seen it you've experienced it you can give an accurate presentation on it kind of thing you know like in in a court of law a witness is uh is huge so i i found verse 42 the one two three four fifth paragraph very interesting of what they are witnessing of there um the the gift empowered translating the the book of mormon and um, you know, we, we have our, our list of witnesses, right? We have our three witnesses, our eight witnesses. Um, but it seems to me, not trying to read too much into it, but like, it seems to me that these 15 men are also adding their personal witness of that event and uh, the, the legitimacy of, of this canon of scripture that we have today. Anyway, that was just something that, that really stood out to me as I was reading this. 
but um, just open it up for everyone else. Like what, what stood out to you? Because it's, it's just a short little, is it nine, 10 uh, paragraph uh, document here, but some really powerful principles to, to lead us into the, the next phase of our journey. That verse 38, I mean, holy cow, there's so much to be said there. God loves his children in every nation. So right there, God the Father has given us divine birth, the incomparable life, and the infinite atoning sacrifice of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. I mean, those right there, I mean, we're not even done with the, the paragraph. And there's, I mean, the, the yeah, that little verse. And there's just so much. His beloved son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Father, Jesus rose again and gained the victory over death. He is our Savior, our exemplar, and our Redeemer. I mean, we could just spend the whole night talking about that, right? <laughs> yeah, our in-person group actually did. <laughs> I don't think we made it past verse one. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what I'm looking at going, holy cow, there is so much right there. And even in his devotional on Sunday, he talked about, um, you know, he loves his children, every nation of the world. And he talked about um, how we don't need to give ourselves labels and titles. We're children of God, first and foremost. And right there, he's even the, the declaration or the proclamation even kind of says that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, yeah. he loves all of us. It um, was so fun to like read the proclamation just right prior to that devotional, because like everything that him and Wendy were saying was like, Oh, that's paragraph one. Oh, that's paragraph two. That's paragraph three. Like they referenced almost the entire restoration proclamation in that youth devotional. I thought it was so interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? Uh, like in, in verse one there, just like what you said, that that last uh, second to last sentence, by the power of the Father, Jesus rose again and gained the victory over death. Like, what do you guys make of that? In in context of, you know, what we know and what we don't know and, and all in between. But like, what does that mean? And what are they really testifying of there as they, you know, kind of start off their, their proclamation with that sentiment? It's kind of an interesting thing because I, I've had mixed reactions from, uh, you know, everybody that I, I've talked to this week on it. Um, some are like, oh, yeah, well, duh. But then some are like, wait a minute, really? Like, I think that's a, a very powerful sentence just kind of couched in that, in that first paragraph there. Discussed. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I could take the, the rest of the whole time. <laughs> but um, let's see. So uh, I forget if it was group A or B. It's all kind of a muddle at this point. But um. Uh, we were kind of talking about a lot of that and uh, somebody referenced, oh, it was uh, Laura, it was in group A, um, a, a book by John Hilton III called Considering the Cross and holy cow, you guys. So I, I've, I read that book this week or listened to it anyway, and it is packed full of lots of great information just on that, that one sentence there. But um, I, I highly recommend it. It's on the, the Deseret Bookshelf. If you have that, you know, it's a free audiobook on there but um what's it called in, considering the cross so his whole book is um treating the fact that we don't really like talking about the cross we like to be gethsemane heavy you know like we don't wear crosses we don't even like having the art in our home necessarily we we don't do it in the chapel kind of thing and he just tackles some of the the traditions that that we have in the church um surrounding the cross and and how we should be considering it more and, and stuff like that anyway but um you know all of that kind of wrapped in uh, one thing because I, we could spend all night talking about that book we should have a book club on it but um the fact that resurrection is an ordinance and ordinances aren't received just as you want them i can go and baptize myself or i can go and receive my full endowment just by myself no no other person needed kind of thing versus 
the fact that the resurrection being an ordinance and who is uh, resurrecting Jesus and, and giving him that, that ordinance there. So by the power of the father, Jesus rose again and gained the victory over death. And so, I don't know, there, there's just a lot wrapped up in that, but I don't know, just thoughts. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily have the full answer on it, but just like little things that I, I definitely want to add to my study this, this next week. Didn't you say that in there said all ordinances require at least two people? Mm -hmm. No one can just, not one person can do an ordinance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so when Jesus goes to John, you know, like, Christ has all authority, right? And so, like, he could easily just baptize himself, but no, he does it to fulfill all righteousness because ordinances require a, a two-party system. It requires witnesses. It requires a lot of different things. And so um, this resurrection being an ordinance and uh, who's doing it, who's, who's giving, who's receiving, and who's witnessing um, and kind of doing a, a synoptic study on that through the, the New Testament and through Book of Mormon and, and Restoration Scripture um, is very interesting. I, I haven't went full on through it yet, but uh, what is proposed in that book is, is just really interesting. What do you mean interesting? <laughs> well, just like, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, I thought I knew all the answers. Like, it's pretty basic stuff. I mean, we're, we're talking about Christ's suffering, right? His, his redemption of, of mankind. But I didn't realize how much I didn't know. And, you know, some of the things that have crept up as traditions and which things are doctrine and, and stuff like that. And so um, just, just my whole thought process on ordinances and and, and, and Christ and getting to know him on a more personal level and, and stuff. I don't know. That's why I say it's interesting. Like, it's interesting because I thought I knew it. And now I'm realizing how much I don't <laughs> that I need to, to study and uh, dive into that and, and make that, that growth happen. So all of this was from your book, Considering the Cross? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. My whole week has just been kind of like in that area. Okay. Well, he took us, was it him himself or someone else that he was using their survey? Uh, that they taken this survey of, okay, where was more of the suffering done? Was it in Gethsemane or was it on the cross? And he goes into all that really deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like how many of you have heard that um we don't have uh crosses and, and crucifixion imagery in our chapels or in our temple and stuff because we like to focus more on the resurrected savior versus uh, you know yeah. the death right but honestly that i mean there's like three people in in all of restoration that you can kind of pinpoint that back on but that's just a a thing that's kind of more tradition-based than um than doctrine, right? Um, so, anyway, <laughs> I'll let I'll let you read the book and let me find out. <laughs> I'm gonna bet on that one. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so um, you know, like the the wearing of crosses was was a big one that we talked about in Group A. Um, and it's just interesting how that plays out through church history and what, at what point does it stop and why? I mean, it has no, no basis. It's, it's a tradition of men rather than, than doctrine kind of thing. So anyway, <laughs> it's I a fun book. It's a fun system. I've started noticing a lot more members wearing crosses. Oops, did we just lose Cameron? We did. Oh, no, there oh, you no, are. I'm, I'm still here. You I think Tracy had to, to sign out. Oh, maybe that's what it was. No, I've started noticing a lot more people in the church wearing crosses lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, kind of chastisement versus, I don't know. But anyway, it's interesting. You'll just have to read the book. <laughs> 
but yeah, all that came from, from the, the very first verse of the Restoration Proclamation. <laughs> okay, let's see. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, we're in, in verse 40, so it's the third paragraph down, um, where um, uh, the wording appeared to Joseph and inaugurated the restitution of all things. So usually we talk about the uh, restoration of all things, right? But Acts, um, uh, in, in the King James Version anyway, uh, calls it restitution. And so just kind of doing a word study on restitution versus restoration and what those entail and everything. But I, I, I don't know, I found it interesting of um, restitution requires the word restoration to even define what it means. Um, but it's restoring of something lost or stolen to its proper owner or its original state. Um, and anyway, it's just kind of a interesting kind of comparison, uh, really kind of focusing in on what restoration is versus restitution and, and how that plays into um, the wording there in, in Acts. Kind of funny that the 1828, is it dictionary? Uses mm -hmm. actually Acts 321 to use the word restitution. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. As an yeah, example. I have to put that one in there. So that's interesting though. The sec, I mean, we know that, but I mean, when you start thinking about it, the act of making good or giving an equivalent for any loss, damage, or injury. Hmm. You know what that yeah. is? That's temple work, right? We're making up for the loss that anyone's received from not having the gospel during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and toward the end of that verse there, um, so Christ's New Testament church was lost from the mm -hmm. earth. So Joseph would be instrumental in its return. And, and then we, we go into verse 41 there, that next paragraph where uh, there's people that have to, to bring that back. It's not just that Joseph Smith can do it on his own, but, but through the, the transmission, the restoration, restitution, um, those keys are, are then restored. And But think about uh, that restitution. The restitution, like the word that it, in the dictionary, one of the examples of using that word after one of the definitions is restitution is made by restoring a specific thing taken away or lost. Like we know that. So I just said temple work, but then think about this. That's why gathering of Israel is so important. Yeah. Because they were lost, right? They were taken away and they were lost and they lost the gospel. They lost, the, they lost everything. So mm -hmm. that's part of the reason. And I wonder if that's why President Nelson or who wanted to use the word restitution instead of restoration. <laughs> because there's plenty of scriptures yeah. that use restoration, right? Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that was put in there because he's talked so much about gathering Israel. And that is our role in these latter days so we can't make a restitution without the restoration mm -hmm. and I yeah like what has president nelson said you know the restoration is the most important or wait the gathering of israel sorry <laughs> i got yeah. mixed up in my language but the <laughs> gathering of israel there's no more important thing that we can be doing that is it that's the whole thing yeah and interesting uh, along that same note there then look at verse 41 and who's missing? Which keys are not mentioned by name? So we have John the Baptist, Peter, James, and John, and then everybody else is, is lumped into the others, except for Elijah. He pulls him back out. But if the gathering of Israel is the most important thing, you would assume that, um, that the one who restored those keys of the gathering would be mentioned by name. But but it's interesting that it's not. And so, I, I don't know, I've been pondering on that one all week too. Like, why not? I mean, it, it doesn't take any more effort in the restoration proclamation, right? I mean, those couple extra words put Elias and, and Moses in there, but yet we're, we're putting it in others category and then pulling Elijah out. Anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting um, take on things there in verse 41 for this worldwide restoration proclamation. 
So that just points us to, um, oh shoot, not Micah. Last prophet in the Old Testament. Last book in the Old Testament. Oh, Malachi. Malachi, Malachi. thank you. <laughs> as soon as you said Micah, that's the only thing my brain could think of. No, Micah, Malachi. So it points us straight back to, Mal to Malachi and the whole purpose of the temples, which he's now, is it, he's now announced a hundred new temples. Mm -hmm. So it's pointing us straight back to the temple, right? By joining families together. Yeah. Isn't the whole point of gathering Israel to join God's family together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can receive all of those, um, those sealing blessings and um, be able to access the powers of heaven and so so it's it's all cumulative um, and it culminates there in with the keys of Elijah. Uh, so I think it was in group B somebody was talking about that the five that are mentioned are the ones that the world knows right like not necessarily all religions know that Moses had actual keys in gathering Israel or or let alone Elias. I mean, most of the church members don't realize uh, the, the keys of the dispensation of Abraham. We don't understand that phrase. But these five are, are widely known amongst most religions, right? And, and most are waiting for Elijah to come back. And yet here in the Restoration Proclamation saying, he, he's come. <laughs> we we have those keys and we put the witness. I was going to say the same thing that nobody really knows, but they know Elijah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably right. I don't know. I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> I know. Anybody Sorry, I'm just a <laughs> No, I'm I'm talking a lot. Um, in forty-two, though, so I'll just keep talking. Forty-two, that witness. Um, it just reminded me of sister nelson again wasn't that interesting in the devotional where she said and now we're going to hear from our prophet who i can stand in any court of law and testify that and witness that he, and be a witness that he is the prophet of god and i just thought that's interesting why is she saying that again and i looked at my husband and i just said that was a very powerful witness that she had i mean you knew that but it's almost like yeah, too sacred to talk about. Yeah, because if she would have used any of the other words that are here, right? If she said, I proclaim, we wouldn't have taken it as seriously, right? If she said, I affirm, I declare, I testify, but no, I, I witness and I can be in any court of law kind of thing. You know, like it, it carries a different weight and a different meaning to it. Yeah, I, it I love that. Yeah, so when I saw that there, I don't know, it just, they're witnessing. She's witnessing. Ooh, can we witness? Yes, as it says in the last paragraph. <laughs> isn't it interesting? Because this is to a worldwide audience, right? You know, this isn't just to the elect. It's not just to church members. This is to, to the whole world. We as his apostles invite all to know, as we do, that the heavens are open. You know, if, if we just spent the rest of the night on that one sentence right there, that that's huge. Which, that the which heavens are open. Um, so 46. Okay. And so, um, yeah, with reverence and gratitude, we, his apostles, invite all to know, as we do, that the heavens are open. So if we take a look at what we know about the apostles and, and prophets, right? We sustain them as prophets, seers, revelators. But, and, and we assume that they have... Uh, a good connection with heaven they you know they, they know the heavens are open but they invite us to to share in their capacity we invite all to know as we do that the heavens are open and that all of these things are true you know like i don't know so it, that that kind of put in my mind that um i i went through and changed all of the we's because there's nine different we's and, and I put them is as eyes. And then I put a question mark. Mm -hmm. Do I solemnly proclaim that, that God loves his children in every nation of the world? Do I do that? And, and if not, why not? And how do I get there? 
And so like I, I changed all of the we's to I's and, and then put a question mark for a, a, a self-evaluation. You know, I think we have that, you know, a lot in our, our recommend interviews for the temple, right? Uh, many of these, these different points, but in, in that last one, um, you know, I'm not an apostle, but I'm just wording it, changing the we to an I, right? So I, as, as his apostle, invite all to know, as I do, that the heavens are open. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting invitation. And, you know, what veils of unbelief do I need to rend in order to, to make that a reality? Uh, I think that that's a, a worthwhile uh, question to ask ourselves because the, the apostles are, are extending the invitation. Hey, they are inviting us to, to part the veil and receive witness and uh, declarations of, of this magnitude. Yeah. And, and, and he says witness there too, right? Like um, at, toward the, the end of that, should we testify that those who prayerfully study the message of the restoration and act in faith will be blessed to gain their own what? Witness. witness. It's not their own declaration or proclamation. Their own witness of its divinity and of its purpose to prepare the world for the promised second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think there's some powerful words here. <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to look it up. But in verse 45, um, when it's quoting Ephesians 1.10 there, it seems like it was Bednar that recently quoted that in one of his talks. But I need to look it up and because I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is an interesting uh, quote from Ephesians. But uh, again, it, it's brought out here in the Restoration Proclamation. There's not very many words, but they choose to quote it of all things. Um, As God will gather together in one all things in, in Christ. I think that that's a, I don't know, worthy of, of a good side study. <laughs> That's when I'm going to be trying to take this next week too. Can we just talk about that? Gather together in one, all things in Christ. Like that makes Christ the center point, right? Yeah. And what does it mean in one? I mean, we have oneness as far as unity and Zion principles or, or what's it referring to there? Yeah. And why are we not with Christ, but we are in Christ, in Christ's name or like just, just the wording of everything. I'm just trying to analyze all angles of it. But again, the earth will never again be the same. How many times in this last general conference did president Nelson use the word unprecedented or unparalleled or you know any of those kind of variations there that yes we have many different composites and types and shadows and stuff that have been and shall be but there are some things that are that are purely unique the earth will never again be the same as god fulfills ephesians 110 thank goodness <laughs> you know There's a couple good books, camera, on about the term in Christ. Oh, uh huh. Um, one is by Robert L. Malay, and one is by Thomas Holton. I, that's the most recent one. I haven't really got to look at it. Thomas, what was that? Holton, H O L T O N. Just reading the descriptions might give you an idea. And I think they've used it in conference a lot too. So I think if you look just that in Christ, you might get an idea what the term means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'll let you do that study. <laughs> I think I know what it means, <laughs> but I'm going to let you do that study. <laughs> and then you can come back and tell me what you learned. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. 
what was the name of the book? One, both of them are called Alive in Christ. One is by Robert L. Malay. I guess that's how you pronounce it. And the other is by Thomas Holton. And I'm not sure they have the same idea. Like I said, the one, the Thomas Holt, Holton one is a new one. I haven't really had the chance to look at it. So it's the Alive in Christ one that you've read. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're both called Alive in Christ. Okay. That's the title of both books, but different authors. Um, <clears throat> I'm just building my library like we talked about on Saturday, right? <laughs> got so well, I think it's what car. we've talked about before that's in the New Testament about Nicodemus is what it is. It's just another mm -hmm. terminology. So, but I think, you, you, like you said, we can discuss it <laughs> sometime again. Uh -huh. How about and, uh, that? Oh, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I think it's just, it's different terminologies for the same thing. Um, somewhere I have a list in some uh, ebook that I printed off and it has a list of all the different terminologies that mean the same thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, interesting. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say it's interesting in verse 39 at the end, talking about Joseph going to the grove. Like, what are we taught that his question was, which church is right? <laughs> yep. That's what we've always been taught, right? But here he said he had a question regarding the salvation, or he had questions regarding the salvation of his soul and trusted that God would direct him. Not one thing about which church is right. Mm -hmm. And he did have questions about how he was, was he right with God, but we've never really been taught that. We never talk about it. If we did, then we would talk about, are we right with God? You know, and we just go, because Joseph was told that none of the churches were right, then we just bear testimonies that this church is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And we miss out on, on a lot of the learning of, um, are we right with God? Is, isn't the first thing that Christ said to Joseph about your sins are forgiven you or something isn't that the first thing he says yeah i think so yeah, yeah isn't it because i mean there's lots of those different accounts right that uh come out but the one where he like actually touches his eyes and then forgives his sins right which is an interesting parallel to to our um initiatory endowment etc well yeah, so i would have of who was it who had his eyes burned with coal? Oh, you're yeah. talking about Daniel or Isaiah's visions. Yeah. Lips. Yeah. Oh, was it his lips, not his eyes? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. if you look at, you know, Joseph Smith's history is where Joseph Smith tells us that he asked the question. And that's what we've always referred to because that's the most complete account, the one that he wrote at the end of his life. The other others show up in other accounts. But when Moroni came and visited him, he was praying to know the status of his soul at that time, too, because he didn't know. He wanted to know, am I still okay? I've kind of messed up along the way here, but am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but look at that truth that was taken away from us so that we wouldn't pattern after him. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it was taken away. Well, I don't Joseph, know if it's taken away, but it's certainly not something that we've been taught in Sunday school. What yeah. we've been taught is, is this, you know, which church the is the story true? that Joseph wrote and put in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These other accounts we didn't even have copies of until more recently. So, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's just kind of interesting that we have it now. Um, I also, I don't know, I know it's important that verse 42, that we witnessed that Joseph was given the gift and power of God to translate an ancient record. And then he does say the Book of Mormon. But that's a, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the scriptures that are sealed being opened again? Is it Joseph that's going to have the gift and power to translate them? I don't know. That's a good question. But yeah, how those those do come about because we have them uh, prophesied to uh, come forward. Right. I don't know. I'm just saying they specifically talk about him having the gift and power to translate. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it'll be so could, fun to see how that all plays out in the, <laughs> the end time. I know how many of us were like totally off base and we'll go, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Why did we complicate it? <laughs> <laughs> and then verse 42, let's see, was it 42? Oh yeah, continuing on. Pages of the sacred text include an account of the personal ministry of Jesus Christ. I mean, what a what a witness to witness. And I guess you said that because you said here they're witnessing with the witnesses that had already, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they succinctly in that verse give uh, the whole the whole purpose of the Book of Mormon and the plain and precious truths that were lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, explaining that that doctrine of Christ. Yes, and then testifying that it's a companion to the Bible, that it's not, that we also use the Bible, not just the Book of Mormon, as a lot of people believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, being able to uh, use the, the two to testify mm -hmm. that all human beings are sons and daughters of a loving Heavenly Father. You know, a, a lot of what we kind of reference uh, throughout is how important the the, the family proclamation was in its time, right? And that it was preparatory to the things that were, were about to come forward. You know, we looked at the family proclamation like, yeah, we know all of those things, but how is that going to be similar with this restoration proclamation? You know, just that, that one truth there, mm -hmm. um, that we're all human beings, our sons and daughters of a loving Heavenly Father. You know, that's getting lost more and more as we uh, move down uh, the path that we're on kind of thing. Um, and needing to, to know all of these different uh, points in here, I, I think are going to be crucial as we, we move forward into the oncoming tribulations. And uh, when uh, President Nelson says that uh, in a coming day, like, it's not going to be popular to to be a, a latter-day saint let alone a, a christian kind of thing you know i'm paraphrasing for lots of different things not putting that all on president nelson but um there's there's lots of different quotes and, and prophecies along that line i think this proclamation is is huge and key to uh help us navigate that that future well talking about the um oh shoot where was that you were just reading um Oh, that all human beings are sons and daughters mm -hmm. um, as we are hotly debating abortion again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it came out before the week of the Supreme Court on abortion. Yeah. And, I, you know, like how many things are, are coming out with um, transgender drama and, and things, you know, just all over the place? Like, <laughs> It's hard to to kind of comprehend and, and put that all in uh, a context that that we are all sons and daughters of of heavenly origin here, right? That um, there is a divine plan for our lives. I think that that's getting lost 
each and every day as we're we're progressing. But yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> the the moment that this came out, you know, and uh, preceding the the abor- uh, abortion issue uh, resurfacing. And testifying right there at the end that his son Jesus Christ speaks today as well as in days of old, you know, wow, that's powerful because how many people think he doesn't talk anymore? Yeah. And in order to testify that, they're saying, we know he speaks because we were his mouthpiece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I just, I love this proclamation. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and like I said before, it was interesting that President Nelson is referring a lot to this um, in this last devotional too. Yes. Well, and then also here, right in the, near the end of 43, uh, Jesus Christ has once again called apostles and has given them priesthood authority. So... Uh, what do you say about about that? I mean, that's it's kind of like saying the church is true, right? We have the priesthood authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was just watching the uh, temple dedication, not dedication, uh, walk through Washington D.C. with um, Renland and Stevenson. And, and how boldly they're, they're declaring that, that Christ originally had 12 apostles and he does now again, you know, as they're taking dignitaries and, and many people through the, uh, the open house there, right? And here we have modern apostles testifying boldly that, that we have those same keys. But I, Christ is our mouthpiece. He still leads and guides us on the church today and stuff like that's it's pretty profound and and here in the restoration proclamation uh, you know for sure they are um, pulling that and that principle forward there well and it's also bold when they're the ones saying that's who we are mm-hmm. yeah because it, it's one thing for us to be like oh yeah we have apostles and stuff but no they're like we are the apostles we are yeah mm-hmm. that that is bold to be saying that yeah a lot of this restoration proclamation also kind of makes me kind of reflect back on uh, president nelson's first talk or his first address from the salt lake temple um when he became prophet uh you know announcing it to the church uh, who it was and everything um and the main thing we invite uh all of God's children on both sides of the veil um, to, uh, to come and, and listen, to be a part of this, to receive the ordinances. Um, you know, like it's talking about here in verse 43, um, he invites all of us to come unto him, to his church, receive the Holy Ghost, the ordinances of salvation, and to gain enduring joy. I love that, that sentence right there. So if he invites everyone on both sides of the veil, Is he, a, is he a prophet there too? Do you know what I'm saying? A prophet for them too? It's a great question. I've, I've heard lots of uh, ideas on, on both uh, avenues of that. I, I don't know. It's an I interesting question. I've thought about it before. Um, hmm. You know, kind of like we have, you know, many different bishops in a ward, right? Some that are one that's active and, and some that are emeritus or, you know, that uh, they've previously served in that calling kind of thing. Um, but do prophets act the same way? I don't know. That, that's a very interesting. So if the spirit world is on this earth and he's the prophet of this earth, I don't know just interesting mm-hmm. okay i'm done talking anybody else want to talk
I, I believe yeah, that he is. You believe he is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had never thought about it. Um, also, uh, on the, the <laughs> what do you say? Think about the last in initiatory, the last place, and we're given garments and the blessing with the garments. And yet we're doing that for the dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of great questions. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've wondered that too. My, me and my dad just became temple workers. And so I'm memorizing it and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever really thought about it before. Like, uh, as I'm sitting there memorizing things, I'm like, huh, lots of new things that I just never sat and pondered on. Yeah, it kind of hit me one time and I looked at the temple worker and I said, but they're dead. And she was said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> this isn't for me. This is for someone else. And she said, yeah. And I said, but they're dead. <laughs> and she was the same way. Yeah, I've never thought about that before. So that's interesting. Just kind of goes along with President Nelson being a prophet on both sides of the veil. Yeah. Um, let's see, what was I? Oh, the Lance Richardson book. Um, Mm -hmm. they saw our day um no the it's a different one uh the message message mm -hmm. uh-huh yeah so like his near-death experience when he goes into the spirit world and stuff um that's made me start thinking and uh just reflecting on how much <laughs> we don't know about the spirit world and uh what we do know and you know there's lots of different books and and things that kind of give us insights but I don't know. It, it, it's really fun to, to ponder and, and, and things, but kind of going back to the last invitation of the Restoration Proclamation, that there's an invitation for all to know, as we do, that the heavens are open. That, I don't know, you know, paraphrasing very badly, but um, uh, with eyes to see and ears to hear that the, the god of the universe is giving away the secrets of his his kingdom or something like that you know like <laughs> god wants to to give us all this information and and so he just leads and guides us in our, our studies and knowledge and gives us questions at good times that we can go and study ponder ask seek and knock <laughs> i don't know it'll be a fun one to when you get all those answers alicia you'll let me know right <laughs> 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 well i'm thinking there's an awful lot of prophets on the other side of the veil but it's not their, their dispensation right it's not their time mm -hmm. you can't have everybody being a prophet so I yeah don't know. yeah interesting like in visions of glory you know when uh, joseph smith is at that conference um he comes back and he's like i'm not here to like lead the, the church or whatever you know that's your, your current prophet. I, I've got my own work and mission to do. I, you know, not saying that that's gospel, but, you know, that was an interesting part that, that stood out to me those last time as I was listening to it. Yeah. Anyway, anything else on, on Restoration Proclamation? <laughs> it's been kind of a quiet night. Sorry, I've been dominating everything. But, um... Not on that, but how about that stock market? Everybody prepared? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're entering into some unprecedented times, aren't we? <laughs> the lady that I walk with that lives across the street, we walk at the church building every morning. And I've told her stuff. And she went away for the weekend to her friend. And she goes, my friend's been listening to some of the same things or similar things this is going to be bad. What do I do? 
Yeah, yeah I just you didn't listen when I told <laughs> since you brought it up. I'm just curious what your gas is in all your places. My lowest oh, is at Walmart Fresh for $4.19. Wow. Ours just went up 15 cents in one day. Yeah, ours has been doing that. Well, let's see. What did my kids tell me? That we are going to raise, lift the sanctions on Venezuela so that they can start selling gas, but they're not selling it to us. And we oh. just the Alaska sale and lease for the oil fields. So I'm telling, I mean, this is all orchestrated. I mean, every, they know, they know what they're doing. It's orchestrated, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? Four, eight, four eighty five here. Oh, wow. Wow. And you're yeah. in Oregon. And, yeah. And that's here in a small town, the next town over, it was four sixty nine a day ago. And it was 481, six miles away. So I'm sure it's close to 490 in six miles away. It's you horrible. And somebody said that diesel was going to go to $10 this summer. And then I saw somebody shared a post of the Common Sense Show. And, and I don't know if he what his sources are, but he said truckers are saying if, if diesel goes to eight, they're going to quit driving because they can't make a profit. So that'll shut everything if the truckers yeah. decide they just can't because they deliver gas to the gas stations and they deliver groceries <laughs> and the farmers use it for their equipment. So, yeah, they said in the news that gas is going to eight or nine dollars by the end of the year. Whoo. And that means diesel yeah. will be up, but that's just going to crush the economy. Nobody's yeah. going to go anywhere. Um, also, let's see what dream was it said that gas would go up to seven dollars. Mm. So you better get all your stuff while you can get it. <laughs> yeah. And my neighbor, my neighbor told me she went to Costco and spent six hundred dollars in groceries, and I didn't buy avocados because they were ten dollars a bag, and I was like, they're not getting any cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so I, I had a little interesting dream last night, this morning. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember that we figured out that there was something that we had, everybody had in them that we would obey the spoken word commands. Like if somebody said, roll over and die, you would roll over and die. Or if they said, eat an apple and live, we would eat in that, you know, whatever, and we were just starting to realize, wait a minute, so, like our agency's been taken away and we were compelled to do that, but we had to like purposefully act to not obey. We could do it. I don't know, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I don't know. Those dreams. <laughs> yep. yep. So, well, all lots of fun stuff. We're in for, let's see. What did President Nelson tell us? To eat our vitamins and fasten our seatbelts because he didn't say we're in for a ride. What did he say? It's going to be a bumpy, bumpy road. Bumpy, or bumpy road or bumpy ride or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I also listened to a video by and I don't usually listen to her by Allie Duzette. I don't know if anybody follows her. And she said something, I don't, I don't understand any of this stuff. She, but something and something's in retrograde or something. And she said it has to, it's going to have to do with gas and diesel prices and they're going to continue to go up. And she said, we're in a 12 year, what was it? I wrote it down, a 12 year restructuring process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I thought, okay, that timing's just about perfect. <laughs> I thought, okay. Yes, the stock market plummeted. It went down 1,100 points today. Yeah, 1,100, yeah. And last week, what did it go down a total last week? Like a lot. A lot. Like it's been yeah. pretty much down all year. Mm -hmm. It's like nose diving. I'm like, everyone's talking about don't look at your 401ks because it's lost everything. Yeah. All right, here's the President Nelson quote. <laughs> oh, 
wait till next year. And then the next year, President Nelson says, eat your vitamin pills, get some rest. It's going to be exciting. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said also, I think she said that technology would transform and be different and we'd have less technology. And that kind of goes along with President Nelson said that, you know, that we need to get personal revelation because I got the impression that we wouldn't have the technology to hear the prophet always. And mm-hmm. so I thought that goes right along with kind of, I, I can't pinpoint the exact quote, like, but you might be able to find it. Something about, I can't remember, but I knew we just said that we needed to get, receive personal revelation. So, and I, it made me think we, we might not be able to have the technology to hear, hear Isn't the prophet. talk, hear him? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be in there. In the coming day, you will not be able to withstand unless you i think it's in the stock here i don't know i think it's in here anyway yep so we're heading there <laughs> yeah sooner than later yeah mm-hmm. well on a happy note so um for next week um we're going to be studying group c is going to read youth of the noble birthright from 2013 and again i'll i'll email all of those talks out to you um if you have my compilation you can look back in 2013 and, and find it but anyway youth of the noble birthright plus the one that just happened on on Sunday. We're going to kind of look at the the two together. Oh, 2013. Um, That's in the big book, right? Yeah. Okay. 2013. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Um, oh, I've got it here. Let me find what page it's on for you. Is, is that for our group? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. For group C is Youth of the Noble Birthright. 2013. Do you guys know um, with the devotional that was on Sunday, is it in written form anywhere? I haven't found it. I'm afraid we're going to have to transcribe it. Okay. Uh, usually in the past, um, all of the, the devotionals usually take about a week to, to transcribe, but this one, I haven't seen any movement on it yet. So I don't know. But they usually um, transcribe it. I don't know. Do they? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they have in the past. All of the, the face-to-faces and devotionals, they've always transcribed them. And they come out with footnotes and everything. Um, so Youth of the Noble Birthright is on page 730. Ah, I was almost there. 734 I was on. And then um, our four ordination book club this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And we are doing pages 223 through 237. Hold on. 237? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, so the section that starts it is what seeking a better resurrection has to do with being translated. And it goes to the full activation of the eighth chakra. Can you see those pages one more time? 223? Uh-huh. uh-huh. 223 through 237. Thanks. I got to make some more recordings too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've been slacking off. <laughs> I, go, I go in spurts. I know, me too. <laughs> right now I'm all about gardening and getting my things planted with the ground. Oh, everything is easy. All right, any other housekeeping things or anything before we head out? 
If not, we will catch everyone next week for Youth of the Noble Birthright, along with whatever this last one was called. <laughs> we'll find out the official title. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.